We're going to chat with Jack Michaels here for a second, but obviously we've heard with Morley how big a game it is tonight. I do love, and and it's just the nature of sport. I love it. As soon as there's something that's huge, there's a big game, the cliches in anticipation just come rolling out. Here's uh, Ryan Nugent-Hopkins, Jay Woodcroft, Darnell Nurse, in that order. We obviously know where we're at. We know where they're at. So uh, it's uh, We've played them a few times already, so... Uh, it's it's going to be a tight checking game. We know that the, uh, nothing's going to be easy. Nothing's going to be free. So we got to be prepared right from the get going uh, and try that play. Try to play that uh, solid full 60 minutes. We have to be ready. We can't we can't just expect to dip our toe in the water and take the temperature of the game. We're we're going to have to get at it uh, full bore right from the opening puck drop. Yeah, this is huge. Uh, it's a big game for our group. Um, the importance. I mean, this is. Um, how tight it is! It has the the same importance this time of the year as as the playoffs when those those come around. So uh, it's a huge game for us, and we gotta be ready on all fronts. It's a good team we're playing against. Gotta be ready on all fronts. It is a big game though tonight. Sixty minutes. Gotta do full sixty <laughs> tonight, and hopefully they do because tonight against the LA Kings, uh, it's it's an important one. So let's get into it right now with our next guest, no stranger to our airwaves, Edmonton Oilers play-by-play announcer for Oilers Radio Network and Sportsnet. Jack Michaels is joining us this morning. Hey, Jack. Morning, guys. How are you? Doing well. Thanks so much for being on, Jack. So, yeah, super important game tonight. LA likely well, I'm to just trying to take one day at a time. Yeah, good <laughs> call. Yeah, but make sure you give a hundred percent through the next ten minutes, or else you're you're done. <laughs> Don't <laughs> well, get your back it, against it, the wall, Jack. It is. Uh, you know what? Over the course of a regular season, you look forward to the kind of games with with something at stake. I mean, it's an eighty-two game season. It can feel like a marathon at times uh there are you know a handful of snoozers every season there's also a handful of of games even over that long stretch that that actually means something and and tonight would be you know a huge step in the right direction not only for the oilers making the playoffs but for the oilers securing home ice advantage in the first round of the playoffs it's a four-point swing game you're either you know, in second place with a game in hand or you're four points behind and all of a sudden there's only 14 games to go. And you're you're going to get a head-to-head opportunity again next week in Los Angeles. But, you know, you, you've got to hold serve at the very least. you got to take care of home games. And that's something Edmonton has made great strides in over the last month or so. They've all of a sudden won seven in a row at home and it's become a tougher place to play. Earlier in the season, the Oilers played their best hockey away from home. Now in their last, you know, their last seven home wins, they've outscored the opposition 38-16. So that coupled with the fact that home ice advantage in the first round is at stake here, you know, those two are are hand in hand. That's why you play for the extra home game. Uh, the Oilers' last playoff series win it was a series where they had a home ice advantage in the first round. Uh, and, and we all know what happened in the, in the second round where the Oilers had to play games five and seven on the road and didn't win either. So there is something to be said for home ice. It's often discounted in the National Hockey League and doesn't seem to mean as much Tonight has something at stake. So obviously, we know tonight's a big game. Jackie just mentioned. I mean, they're on, they're on a huge upswing. I'm curious how much of that can be attributed to Jay Woodcroft. How much of that is because of the coaching? Well, you know, I mean, you look at his 23 games, and I think he's 14, seven, and two, and he has gone about it not because 
you know, even though his top players have played well, uh, Leon Dreisaitl and Connor McDavid, but there's been some secondary guys who've stepped in and really elevated their contributions. Evander Kane, Kyler Yamamoto, Ryan McLeod. Uh, these are guys that that have elevated their performance. Yes, Apuliarvi is coming off a strong game. Uh, Derek Ryan gave the Oilers an early push under Jay Woodcroft in his first five or six games. Uh, he's gotten more steady contributions from guys not named McDavid or Pooley-Yervy. And look, this is no knock on Dave Tippett. He happened to be the head coach at a time where the Oilers were beat up. I mean, there was a 40-game stretch there where Edmonton usually could be counted upon to have two or three regular mainstays not in their lineup. They've gotten healthy. But I do think what Jay has done has brought everyone into the mix. And the perception is starting to wane a little bit in terms of the Oilers being, you know, a two-man show. Mm -hmm. Uh, For instance, the other night, you know, three goals came from the fourth line. You know, Mm -hmm. that wasn't happening earlier in the year. It was always major news whenever the third or fourth lines chipped in with a goal. Those contributions have been more steady under Jay Woodcroft, and he hasn't given people opportunities. He's allowed them to earn it. He's put them in situations. The second power play unit has scored a couple power play goals in the last week. Because they're getting time. They're getting time. They weren't getting that time earlier. I mean, they they literally would not be on the ice for two minutes. So I think more people have been engaged under Jay Woodcroft, and the results have shown that. You know what? I know Morley wants to jump in on this because it is a big game, and everybody's got to be firing on all cylinders, including us. Morley? Yeah, make sure you get the pucks in deep tonight too, Jack, okay? That's the other one you need to know. uh, Morley, you're late to the party. That's already been used. you got to come up with another cliche. (laughs) Oh, man. Oh, man. If you go back, if you go back over the last ten to fifteen years or so, there hasn't been a lot of games this important this late in the season uh, with this team. I imagine the atmosphere tonight is going to be pretty electric. Well, you know, I think morally, number one, you're correct. Uh, you know, they're, they're regular. It's funny the Oilers clinched a playoff spot to end that ten year drought against the L.A. Kings on home ice in 2017. Now, tonight won't clinch anything. But as I mentioned, it's it's going to be the first time since the 16-5 and five start that the Oilers would reside in a position that would leave them with home ice in the first round. I mean, it's been a long time since they've been in that situation. you got to go back to early December, the last time – you know, the Oilers were in that elite grouping. And now, you you know, you start looking at Calgary ahead of you. I don't think Edmonton has any chance to catch Calgary. But, again, tonight has tonight brings an opportunity to solidify a hold on, on, on for, you know, on a, on a first-round home, you know, playoff scenario where you want that early home ice advantage. And it'll just be seismic considering where the Oilers were when they dropped 13 of 15, you know, and, and even a few weeks ago, there was a real fear that Edmonton would not make the postseason. Now the Oilers have, you know, it's been a, it's been a roller coaster campaign. There's been, uh, there's been a lot of ebbs and flows to this season. I think it's something along the lines of 16 and five, then two, 10 and two, then 19, nine and three. I mean, those are, those are giants 
swings. Uh, that isn't a three-game losing streak. That isn't a five-six game winning streak. Those are those are massive swings. So uh, I think tonight would uh, you know would would take it again another step in in an emotional crescendo that hopefully the Oilers can capitalize on because they do have some more home games down the stretch and they do have a real opportunity to improve their position significantly. And they, the other thing is. L.A. is in the position Edmonton was a couple of months ago. They're beat up. I'll be frank. You have to take advantage of teams in the National Hockey League when they're not healthy because eventually the pendulum swings around and you're going to be the team that bang, that's banged up. That's where the Oilers were a month ago. Now they're running into some other teams that have been hit by the injury bug. You have to take advantage. So take advantage of L.A. tonight. Obviously bring our best. We're talking about Jay Woodcroft giving everyone an opportunity. What about maybe a change for goaltending? Are we going to see Stuart Skinner? Because there's lots of talk of bringing him up, especially after that loss to Calgary. Well... That may be true, but I don't think it's going to happen for this reason. Again, if you look at the body of work, Miko Koskinen is 24-10-3. He's going to get the call tonight. He's coming off a strong game against Arizona, admittedly a much weaker team than Calgary. I think really, to be honest with you guys, Unless the wheels completely fall off of the goaltending position, I don't think you're going to see Stuart Skinner. I think Ken Holland believes, when healthy, the Koskinen-Smith tandem. Remember, he's thinking all season long, when Smith hasn't been healthy, he's thinking last year, when the two were healthy, they were a potent goaltending tandem, and Edmonton had one of the better records in the entire league, let alone the North Division. Now, In the playoffs, they lost all four, but it wasn't goaltending. They ran into some goaltending. Mike Smith played played very well. He was outdueled by Connor Hellebuck, who was lights out. If you look at Hellebuck's numbers this year, they're not as good as Miko Koskinen's. So he believes that when healthy, and Smith now is, and has given the Oilers a couple of quality starts as of late, he believes this is the tandem that will carry the Edmonton Oilers into the postseason. Fans may disagree with that, but I do not expect Stuart Skinner to play unless things go completely sideways over the next two or three weeks. All right. Jack Michaels, you got radio or TV tonight? I've got TV for all but one of the final games. I'll okay. be back on the Oilers radio network for a home matchup against the Colorado Avalanche in two weeks. So, so, so I'm still... sure everyone's waiting with bated breath for that. <laughs> <laughs> and Stoff still got uh, got radio then, huh? Oh, yeah. Bob's in, uh, Bob's in hog heaven right now. I think he's <laughs> averaging, currently he's averaging something along the lines of seven and a half hours on 630 Jet every day. Wow. <laughs> all right, Jack. Well, we can't wait to see you tonight. Thanks so much for making the time. Appreciate it. Anytime, guys. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone. Like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.